I'm Emily Williams, the founder of the top success and personal development company for driven women called I Heart My Life. I grew my company from $442 to seven figures in my first 18 months. And since then, it's become a movement for women who know they're meant for something big and refuse to settle. At I Heart My Life, we operate with the belief that anything is possible and no dream is too big. We're all about combining business strategy, deep mindset work, high performance practices, money tips, and a whole lot of lifestyle to help you get the results you deserve in all areas of life. Because after all, we only get this one shot. This is your one-stop shop for all things inspiration. So grab your favorite drink and a pen and a notebook and get ready to be inspired. Oh, and if you're not a member of our community, go to iheartmylife.com slash join and receive all of our emails and announcements. And while you're at it, copy and paste this episode link and share it with three friends. Now on to the episode. Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 205, How to Be Resilient and Move Through Challenge with Nita Bushin. So Nita is somebody who has become a close friend of mine and someone I greatly admire. So I'm going to share a little bit about who she is with you today. So Nita is a champion of emotional and mental health and encourages other entrepreneurs and game changers to do the same. She left her traditional conventional path as a brick and mortar cosmetic dentist with a massively growing practice to chart something entirely new. She's now a mentor to leaders, startup founders, impact drivers, and wellness-based entrepreneurs. She's spoken around the world all about her story, and she's even written a couple of best-selling books around emotional grit. Nita is also the co-founder of the Global Grit Institute, as well as the Dharma Coaching Certification. She is an incredible woman with an amazing story, one of true resilience and grit. And today, she's going to share it with you alongside some incredible and inspiring information about how you can move through darkness and really transform your life in pretty much every single way. She did exactly that when she left a thriving career, when she left an abusive marriage, when she chose to chart her own path, a path that was different than what her family would have predicted or wanted for her. But ultimately, she found true happiness, found her purpose, and is making an impact all around the world. This episode is great for you if you're experiencing challenge or if you've experienced challenge and you wonder how to actually move through it and get to the other side and be stronger and make the most of what you're experiencing. It's also for you if you have a big purpose and you're ready to truly live that out loud and fulfill your dreams. I was personally on the edge of my seat listening to her story, some of which I heard for the first time when when I interviewed her, and I know it's going to be the same for you. So let's go ahead and dive in. This episode was sponsored by the I Heart My Life Mastermind. The I Heart My Life Mastermind is perfect for you if you already have a business and you're looking to scale. We cover tons of different topics. We cover marketing strategy, revenue planning, team processes, everything you need in terms of mindset, high performance, really taking care of yourself as well as your business, events, publicity. We literally have seven coaches under one umbrella to support you and give you the answers to all of your burning questions. We host regular weekly workshops where you get your personal questions answered. We have retreats. You have a private Slack channel where you get to ask questions 24-7. You have an extensive resource bank that helps you put in place our cash method in your own business and much, much more. 
This is one of the most inventive programs around. I don't know anyone else offering the service that we provide. So if you are interested in growing your business and transforming your life, definitely book a call with us to learn more. Go to iHeartMyLifeBooking.com and learn more about the I Heart My Life Mastermind. Welcome to the show, Nita. I'm so excited to have you here to share your story with our audience. Oh, Emily, it's been a long time coming. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited. And for everyone who's been listening to the whole story of James and me moving to Texas, Nita is the catalyst, the person I talk about who I was texting and then all of a sudden had purchased a home like two weeks later. So thank you for that. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. That was, that was bananas. How our call just was like initial kind of, you know, scratching the surface and you're like, all right, we're moving. (laughs) was like amazing. That's how we roll. (laughs) Amazing. So I don't actually know your full backstory. So I'm excited to hear about it alongside the audience. So take us back. I know you had a whole previous career before the work that you're doing right now. So tell us a little bit about how that transpired and led you to where you are today. Ooh, yeah. So I guess we'll go, we'll, we'll, we'll go. Yeah, I guess we can go way back. Um, you know, my, my life, and I don't know if you, you know this, but the, maybe the audience doesn't know this either. Uh, I mean, it's, it's been kind of shaped by resilience and grit. So born and raised in Chicago, I know you're Midwest too, um, to immigrant parents. And my, my mom was from the Philippines. My father was from India and, um, I was the eldest of two younger brothers. And so, um, you know, the, the whole, uh, Indian Asian kind of, uh, upbringing is the only thing you can have is straight A's. And the only thing you can be is, you know, doctor, dentist, lawyer, engineer. Well, um, so my parents kind of won that, uh, that, that role. Um, and so very early on had just this, educational pressure, this drive, this ideal to be and operate in this perfection um, of, you know, accolades, strides, you know, all of the things, right? And so, um, but most of my childhood, I would then grow up really early. And between the ages of 10 and 19, I would lose my mom to cancer. I would lose my brother uh, to an asthma attack and I would lose my father to lung cancer. Ooh, that's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Um, so it was, it was heavy. It was dark. It was awful. It was, um, a lot of pain. Uh, I had to take care of my youngest brother, assume a caretaker role, um, you know, going through just the survival mode, uh, for these nine years of my, you know, adolescence, teen years uh, of just being this kind of martyr archetype. Um, and all I knew was really to service meant to make my family happy, make everybody around me happy. Um, I didn't know what that looked like for myself. And so how it would manifest and come out was I was overworking and I was so busy because I didn't want to deal with the such enormous grief and trauma 
um, which kind of propelled me into, um, you know, I was working three jobs to put food on the table, taking care of my father. I mean, you know, all of the things that you can probably not even imagine a young person to go through and to hold space for. I didn't even know what that those words meant um, back then because we were just trying to survive. Um, and so uh, fast forward, kind of taking in what I grew up with, right? These, these educational ideals of success and drive. Um, it really kind of, it helped me through, you know, get into dental school. Cause that was one of the things that I did um, when I was taking care of my family was I, I was a dental assistant. I was a dental assistant for like five years along with working at like, you know, the retail shops and all these things to just take care of my family. And uh, I get into, you know, I, I, I follow the dreams, the, the, the American dream of, of going to, to dental school. I became a, 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 not just a general dentist, but a cosmetic dentist. Um, and so for me, financial success wasn't hard because I felt like I had to hustle for so many years of my life. When I was 14 years old, I was scooping up ice cream because my mom was sick in the hospital and I needed to support family in some way. So I knew that, um, you know, when I started my own practice, it was early on. Um, I wasn't necessarily, there was no fears around it. I think it was more fearful that I was in an industry where there's not very many females. And I was um, one of few females in my class. And, uh, but what was sacrificing on my end was an authentic truth that I had yet to discover. I didn't necessarily know who I was or what I was or um, what I loved. And all of those things would come crashing down pretty much violently in my face um, a few years later when I realized that um, I was I was in a dangerous uh, love relationship. It was a toxic relationship. I was married. Um, I checked off every box of you know the big fat Indian wedding, and um, you know Prince Charming, quote unquote. But what I realized was I was not. I was I was doing all of these things for other people mm-hmm. and um, to satisfy family. You know they all wanted a big Indian wedding, right? And so. Um, but I was in a very tumultuous, um, you know, relationship and I had to literally leave. It was haphazard in the middle of the night, December 31st, 2011. And that would fully completely change. Um, and really where we are, where we are today, where I'm talking to you. Um, wow. Can I just ask one thing about that? So yeah. What was the catalyst for recognizing, Hey, I need to get out. And what was this, the significance of that date? Did something happen that day? Or did you just know you couldn't start another year in this place? Well, it was the last day I would allow him to strike my face. And that was probably, uh, and it's, it's, it's one thing that I share, you know, every time I'm in any organization or talks or lectures, but when the pain gets so bad, 
right? And I know that you all have lived through something really terrible, or you've gone through a relationship where you know it wasn't right, or you have that feeling in your gut when you're about to leave that job and you're like, oh, that person is doing it again. You know that that pain is so, it's so visceral. It's so big that you need to do something different. You need to do something else. You don't know what that something else is, but it's right in your face. And for me, December 31st, it was right in that. It was right in my face. It was me looking, um, you know, I had, I had all of the things, the fancy cars, the, the travel, this home. Um, I felt like finally I was out of this thickness, this darkness of grief and trauma and all of the things that I had been like trying to survive for, for a decade. And then this blows up in my face. And, you know, it's, it's just this combination of sadness, but also, you know, this, this, this sense of failure that, oh, I failed and I have lost my family and, you know, coming to grips with all of the things that I had neglected personal care. And, um, really it was just this full, complete breakdown of how did you get into this mess that you can allow? And this was the awareness that was coming through you can allow somebody like that to treat you like that for so long where it was, yes, I was also in danger. Um, my life was threatened. So I'll get real for a second. I, in the, in the days after I had to get a restraining order, I mean, it was, things got really very real, really fast, but I learned so much from that process. Um, from where did you go? I, I mean, it was it, literally, it was, it was an Airbnb. And I mean, I was a successful dentist who had a practice, who had all of these fears and these um, internal judgments about what would society think? What would my family think? What would my team of 10, uh, you know, doctors and, and my own assistants think? And I wanted to just shove everything under a rug, but slowly that rug was getting pulled out from every direction because the truth needed to come out. I was so afraid to even tell, you know, uh, my family the truth that, that I was living in this sort of violent situation. I wanted to keep the peace. I wanted to be that perfect, you know, daughter and daughter-in-law and, and all, all of all of those things, that good girl um, that I didn't recognize that I was also, you know, hurting myself in the process. So um, in those months, to come really, it was just a, a beautiful awakening. And the in for those for those early days, I was living in and out of people's couches because I was in such fear. I had packed all of my things in my SUV, and literally, I would take all those things to the office. I would cry, and I would just I would talk to my lawyer on the phone. Um, and there were just days and days and days where you're just in this. If you've ever felt this like uncertainty and you think that, oh, when is this going to end? Um, because I had never gone through proceedings before. I didn't think that I was going to actually file for divorce, even though my lawyer, who I had never met before, said, Nita, the next time you won't be so lucky, the next time you can be in the hospital. So I knew that this world that I had kept in such a tight bubble was slowly ripping yeah. apart. And, it was so and why didn't you think you were going to file for divorce? You know, I think I was really 
it was in the back of my mind, right? Um, from where my family is from, my my mom's from the Philippines and they're super highly Catholic. Divorce is, you can't even get a divorce in the Philippines. You can't, I mean, an annulment, right? Because it's a very religious country. Um, in India, it's not even talked about. Mm. Uh, and so... And, and so the mentality of this is in my mind, there's no way, there's no way you're ending. You don't get divorced. I mean, I remember st- standing in front of the judge um, to get my, it's called uh, your order of protection or your restraining order. And I don't share this very much uh, anymore, but um, I remember trembling because I see all of these other women who have their babies on their hands and they're like in line to talk to the judge. And for me, I was just shaking and I was so nervous and I had all the shame and guilt, like she was going to judge me, um, this judge. (laughs) And she, the one thing she said was, honey, why'd you wait so long? Because you had to write down every single instance of abuse on this piece of paper to give it to them. Um, and it was it was this conditioning that I grew up with that was finally starting to kind of have this this clarity. And I can't tell you enough how that day particularly changed my life um, because it was it was almost like that judge gave me permission that you know what this is sloppy, this is chaotic, this is not perfect. And you know you're going to be okay. Mm. And and she didn't have to say much. She just took her stamp and stamped that paper. But for me, in her actions, in her body type, in her you know body language, it was everything that I needed to know that, okay, I'm getting out of this and I'm starting to recognize my strength going forward. Wow, that's amazing. That, pe- that permission piece is so huge. You know, how often do we need somebody else to validate our decisions and let us know it's okay and give us that metaphorical stamp of approval before we can do it for ourselves. So true. It's so true. I can't tell you enough. I can still see that vividly where she's taking her stamp and it was like, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to be okay. I don't know where this is going to go, but I'm going to be okay. So I'm thinking we need a little bit more than 30 minutes because uh, this story is so amazing, but we'll keep going. So what happened after that? Because obviously many things have changed in your personal life. Your professional life is completely different. So take us on that journey. Yeah. Well, once you say yes to the growth ride, I mean, all doors open wide. Um, and you know, I think that that was just the impetus that was, you know, I I talk a lot about breaking down to break through. That was my big breakdown in order to break through what was really limiting me. And I felt like literally I, I had the seven figure business before I was 30. Um, I mean, I had doctors working for me. I had, we had such a, a robust, um, practice being able to serve the community. But I knew that more and more, as I was leading into leaning into my own leadership, I knew that there were a lot of fears. I mean, I knew that in order to, because I I had to heal so much. And there were times where I'm like, I just want to, I just want to get away. And I couldn't get away because my practice was so busy. And so you're just inside doing the work and doing the work, but I knew I needed to heal my heart. I knew I needed to heal myself. 
I just wish I could literally just go away. And I couldn't, I couldn't. And so the one thing that I wanted to do, or the one thing that I started to do was I needed to get help from consultants, coaches, therapists, healers, anything and anyone that could help me. Literally, I would be seeing patients or having uh, hygienists see patients, and I would be in my little office and, um, you know, with, <laughs> with, with the coach at the time or whoever I was talking to. But because, you know, that was the flashlight and that was a light bulb that kept going off saying, you need to get people in here that you can trust so you can do your own healing and they can run the practice. Now, for anybody who's ever been working in their businesses, you guys know that it's hard to work outside and, and be the visionary and be on the outside of those things when internally you are not good. And so um, once I started saying yes to all of this help from consultants to coaches, um, and really spending my time, I was working less in the office and we were growing, revenue was going, going up 20%, 30%. I mean, it was just, it was just shifting. So the more that I was, the more work that I was doing on myself, I started recognizing, oh, okay, we can, I can, I can shift my focus into other things that I've always wanted to do. So from yoga retreats to spiritual healings, to, you know, all of these things and, and really what I lost was a community. I had, a, I had to regain that. Now I was so good at building community my entire life because I, I mean, I lost my family so early. Community was so important. Friendships were so important and I lost that. So now wanting to think differently um, I mean, I, I dove into uh, starting a nonprofit. I started um, what we would call today a women's mastermind, um, just bringing together all these amazing professional women, talking about you know the the stuff that we don't necessarily talk about in life. Yes, business too, but all of the things that really truly kind of connect us as humans. I wanted to know more about that, which led me to becoming an angel investor because I had all of this capital and, you know, starting to rethink and reimagine, hey, dentistry and, and, and medicine is just these four walls. There's something more outside of this. Um, so I started to utilize my time mentoring startups. Um, I got connected with a lot of VCs. So I knew a lot of the startup world. And of course they loved that I was this young uh, angel investor. So they would, they would send me to all of these things. And I, I really enjoyed and, and loved just learning all about this, you know, how people pitch and from coming from medicine, you know, where everything has to be right. Everything has to be perfect. And you see these founders who are just asking for, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for their first round of funding. And they, they, they have this vision and they're so convicted and they're so confident. And you're like, wow, you know, I wanted to learn more about that. Now that took me to San Francisco. It took me to the Bay area. And I mean, I, I want to say the rest is history because it was every time that I said yes, every time that I said yes, and yes to new opportunities, yes to um, different entrepreneurial events where people would then ask me, hey, do you want to sit on a panel as a female founder? Um, so then kind of taking myself outside of, you know, medicine altogether into this world of, yeah, she's a, fem she's a female startup. And 
she's also, you know, and, and this, this small investor now gave me the lens in which that I knew that I did, I wasn't going to stay in, in dentistry anymore. And, um, that literally led me to making some of the most, the hardest decisions because as my practice has had been growing for now two to three years, I knew that this wasn't going to be that place. I knew that as I was investing in real estate and, and even buying the building where my practice was at, I knew in my heart, it was a financial thing, but I knew that I, I no longer wanted to be attached to Chicago. Um, I was getting asked to speak at events because of the nonprofit that I had for women, which led me into a speaking career uh, early on, um, which then, of course, people wanted to know more about the story that I just shared and recognizing all of these different aspects of my emotional grit is really what gave birth to my very, very first book. And it was after I decided to sell my practice and actually leave um, and move out of where I would have lived for 38 plus years um, to, to the Bay Area, to San Francisco. So, and here we are. Wow. What an amazing story. And I just love, you know, all the little pieces unfolding from you following the fact that you needed healing and attending retreats and working with coaches to then you, you know, working with investors and becoming an angel investor and following that and then speaking and the book and all of that. I just love how it unfolded so naturally. And, you know, these are things I feel like we can't plan and you were literally just following your heart and and what was calling you. And obviously that's a big part of my mission and, you know, getting people to actually wake up and see like your heart actually has the answers. It's not in the textbook. It's, it's really just following those instincts. So true. It's so true. It's, it's, it couldn't be more heart aligned. It couldn't be more, um, you know, I think it, it's really been my self love and self care journey. I mean, I wear it on my wrist. Serve love is one of our values. Um, my now husband and I, we live by. And, um, and it was only when I started saying yes to my heart, I more and more, um, just getting more alignment with, with my heart center that I had neglected and ignored for years because I was just on survival mode, Mm -hmm. but the output in that short period of time, and it was only like five years of that short period of time, um, where I was able to now then connect the dots and really truly put all of the things that I had been through and all the things that I had seen. Yes, of course, I have a psychology background. That was my, you know, that was kind of my training in college before dental school and putting that research hat on to say, okay, what can I learn about all of these things? Even though I was so scared because obviously I'm letting go and a lot of investors that I was talking to at the time and advisors are like, why are you going to sell your practice? This is, this is a cash machine for you. Find somebody else to run it. And I tried that and I did that. And it was not in alignment because at that point, I was so curious about the world. I wanted to go to places in Asia. I wanted to go deep in the Amazon and do healing work there. I, I did not want to be attached to a brick and mortar space. 
Um, did that make financial sense at the time? No, not at all. Uh, so, so for any new, you know, startup, I, I would not ever say burn your bridges or, or, you know, have that sort of a plan. Of course I did. Of course I did. However, um, you know, I think when you, when, when you have, and you're in the middle of a crossroads and you're in the middle of, there's something else new that you have no idea what that's going to look like. Couldn't plan for what needed to happen, but I knew that I needed to spend at least that six to eight months just exploring and really using that time to research on whatever what would be this book. I didn't know exactly what kind of book it would be, but I knew that it had all of these different elements. And to give yourself permission to lean into, like you teach, your heart. And that's really what it did because it bridged my past career into now, of course, what I'm doing now for, you know, Global Grit Institute and a lot of the other projects that I'm involved in um, is really helping people live their truth and getting closer and unapologetic um, with their truest selves. Mm, So beautiful. And so I have a few questions around that. So you mentioned like taking that time, those eight months or so, what did you do during that time to get really clear that led you to where you are today? Yes. So, wow. I mean, all in all, it was, it was a period of, I want to say three years, but in that short period of time, um, I knew that my, because I was getting asked to speak at global, different global events. Um, remember I was also kind of working with VCs and, you know, kind of mentoring startup communities in different parts of the world. And so it took me back to India quite a few times. It actually took me to, um, Malaysia, it took me to Indonesia. Uh, and then of course, also satisfying my curiosity of, of different kinds of healing. So whether it was plant medicine journeys, um, which in fact contributed to one of the reasons why I said, okay, next chapter is not dentistry because it came through a vision. Um, but it was, it was really just saying yes to the things that perhaps a decade before I would have completely judged or, you know, had all of these thoughts around. And this was that time for, you know, exploration in so many ways and really so expansive. Um, And it led me to meet my now um, husband. (laughs) We were, we were teaching, uh, actually speaking at a leadership conference and we had met quite a few years earlier at one of the entrepreneurial events that I had been to um, called AFEST. And he was actually running the company at the time. Um, and, and so, you know, it was, I guess what they say, divine timing. He was getting out of a relationship. I was still healing my heart. So that timing wasn't right. But then a few years later, when we would see each other, uh, he would ask me to actually be his leadership coach, funny enough, as he was leading this, you know, uh, company of whatever, 200 plus. Um, and so that's, that's where the, the love story began. And um, then fast forward to a year later, uh, we would then have nine 
weddings, unions around the world. Um, we didn't want to call it weddings because we had both been married before, but uh, it was really just, um, you know, uniting us um, and our souls and really coming together and seeing each other in a different, in a different light. So, yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing all that. And now you're, you bought a house in Texas, you have a son, you have another little baby on the way. So it's all happening. It's all happening. I, I guess I could say, yes, I do heart my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's all come full circle. So can you talk a little bit as we wrap up here about the book that I know is, you know, the second book um, that you're releasing. And I know it's all about um, resilience and, and moving forward in a lot of what we talked about, but can you give us more specifics? Yeah. You know, it's, it's really, so my first book, Emotional Grit was all around understanding your past and understanding. Um, and I use grit as an acronym to grow, reveal, innovate, and transform. Uh, and of course, you know, there's, there's tools around it, but really it's all about having the self awareness, the acceptance, and then the commitment to change and then take action, right? A lot of times we get stuck in our own ways. We get stuck in our own habits. We get stuck in, of course, our, our own patterns that come up of thinking that we can't do something or we're not good enough or, um, you know, some of those things just keep continuously playing out. Well, uh, this next book, which I don't have a title for yet, so maybe you guys can help me with it. Um, but it's really based on this framework, which I call the Phoenix framework, and really allows people to fly forward, knowing that in the past year, I mean, we've had such unprecedented, of course, this word has been used over and over again, but just these shifts in the world, in the way we do things, in the way we navigate relationships, in the way, um, you know, jobs are shifting and changing, and um, and even probably some of our purposes and what we want to do, uh, we're re-questioning things quite a bit more. Um, and, and, we're at that crossroads again. We're at that crossroads where maybe it's a breakdown that we need to break through. But what I've seen in my own coaching practice over the past, you know, five, six years, um, you know, doing and creating programs for uh, larger companies to certify themselves in different coaching um, patterns, what I've recognized is that everyone goes through what I call the Phoenix framework, where there is a situation that you are in currently right now where you may be falling. There's five steps to this. Um, and there is this sort of sense that you may not have a grasp on what you're going through, um, but it's like this awakening, which leads you to ignite and ignite perhaps maybe a different perspective, a different way of thinking, um, a different way of doing things. You're just asking a different question. Uh, which then leads you to rise. And so you're rising like a phoenix out of this mess. Now, for me in my life, of course, many times I've been through this, but just to give you an example, rising out of you know the pain of loss, of a relationship, of letting go of a, a, a practice that you're like, oh, that was my baby, um, but really rising to then magnify some of your gifts. And, you know, these gifts for me was the ability to connect with people all across the world, right? For you, it might be different, but to really question yourself, what are you magnifying and how can you thrive, which is the final stage, 
thrive as a result to really fly forward past any obstacle in your life, whether it's a relationship loss, whether it's an investment that went really bad, whether it's um, you're re-questioning the purpose that you had five years ago, two years ago, six months ago, um, whether you're questioning to leave and, and uproot and, and go to a different place. But um, yeah, so I'm very, very excited for this next book. I don't know when it's going to be released, but I'm having you all hold me accountable um, when, when that is going to happen. Oh, it's going to be so amazing. And I love that, that visual of the Phoenix. And I know so many people can resonate with that in, you know, a variety of different ways. So thank you for explaining. So our final question that we ask everyone here at the I Heart My Life show is what is one way that our listeners can create a life that's better than their dreams? Ooh, that is so good. That is so good. You know, I think that it really is truly spending that time of whether it's self-care, whether it's self-reflection, um, because so often we are just constantly doing. And when we give ourselves permission, and I feel like this whole um, episode today has been about giving permission, but even giving yourself permission to slow down, um, a lot of times it is probably the most valuable thing that you can do because the insights that we can gain um, magically, once, once you are able to, whether it's a routine, whether it's, um, you know, a little bit of time every day, whether it's, uh, you know, personal retreat once a month, once a quarter, but to really kind of relish and um, dive into that personal care time where you are able to reflect, rethink, regather, reset, reclaim, um, so that you can really envision even more of a, of a, an amazing life of greatness than you had ever anticipated just by giving yourself that space and permission. I love that. And it resonates with me so much. I actually found this little graphic from Kate Northrup yesterday. It says, Deep, true creativity doesn't emerge despite the deep pause. It emerges because of it. Woof. Oh, that's it. good. Oh, yeah. That's super good. So good. Oh. Where can people find you, Nita, online? Ah, uh, yes. You can come on over to, to Instagram. I'm always there at Nita Bushin. Uh, you can find me, find me there and, and say hello. I'd love to hear from you. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story. I know everyone is inspired. I was on the edge of my seat and just blown away and reminded that we can trust ourselves and follow our instincts. And even that piece around, you know, letting the business go. I think you have to know yourself as well. There are some people who could completely outsource that and be fine with it. And others where it's like, you know what? No, I don't want that tie. I want something different. And so releasing that judgment and just trusting what life is calling us to do and be and have and not making any of it wrong. I feel like that's one of my massive takeaways from this. So true. So true. Emily, you were a gem. It's been such a pleasure that we get to deep dive like this. Can't wait to see you back here. Thank you. Appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. 
And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag IHurtMyLifeShow. That's hashtag IHurtMyLifeShow. And if you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on, and leave a review. Because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. Please remember everything you desire is meant for you and possible. Keep showing up, taking action, and believing in your dreams.